the divine inspiration and supreme authority of the Old and New Testament scriptures, which are the written word of God, fully trustworthy for faith and conduct. Good morning. This is the uh, blog podcast for Lent uh, on the 4th of March. And today we're looking at the God-breathed Bible. What is the difference between a biography and an autobiography? Is history ever unbiased? Why use poetry rather than prose? What is the difference between a code and a law? Should you read a book in its original language or in a translation? How does the meaning of words and the construction of language change over time? And what assumptions do I make when I read anything, including this blog? These are just some of the questions we can ask when approaching any form of literature, whether it's a novel, a legal text, the telephone directory, a history or anything. In the daily devotional I recorded for today, I said that language matters because ideas matter, because faith matters. As we approach our belief in the role the Bible plays in our faith, all of the above are helpful questions as we seek to interpret what we read in the Bible. But what is the Bible? Timothy Keller, in the introduction to Encounters with Jesus, wrote this. Those studies helped my group uncover layers of meaning and insight that astonished us all. I began to sense more than ever before that the Bible was not an ordinary book. Yes, it carried the strange beauty of literature from the remote past, but there was something else. I began to sense an inexplicable life and power in the text. These conversations from centuries ago were uncannily relevant and incisive to me right now. I began to search the scriptures, not just for intellectual stimulation, but in order to find God. And that is why uh, I encourage people to an evangelical faith, because the scriptures, old and new, are God's self-revelation. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work, Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3. In its many forms and many genres, the books that make up the Bible are God's autobiography. We approach it with the following questions. What is God like and why is he worthy of worship? What is his kingdom like? What does he require of me to enter the kingdom? And how can I serve him? He speaks to us through his word, written, interpreted by the Holy Spirit, promptings and calling uh, by the wisdom of the Holy Spirit to his people in prophecy, properly interpreted, by his signs and wonders through his people and his church. We seek truth where each of these confirm one another and we seek these things together. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in spirit and truth. Other words of Jesus we find in John 4. It's said that all word and no spirit we dry up, all spirit and no word we blow up, spirit and truth and we rise up. So what is the Bible not? It's not a popularity poll of public opinion. 
In fact, in many places, it's quite the opposite. Countercultural manifesto for living. It's not just a legal textbook. It's not to be always read literally or out of context. It's also said a text without a context is a pretext. And it's not to be judged using just human standards and assumptions. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. More of Paul's advice to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4 this time. Timothy faced the threat to faith of those in his flock from those who were distorting the message of the way and taking people away from the truth of their faith. This is why Paul writes in his letter to build up Timothy's confidence in his sources and confidence in what he had been taught. That's why in this letter, and we see it in Titus as well, there is the defence of God's self-revelation as the basis of that which was of first importance to believers, which Paul expands in 1 Corinthians 15. So by looking at the Evangelical Alliance basis of faith, what are we saying about Scripture? Well, firstly, divinely inspired. It's written by human hand, but inspired by God. A supreme authority. We go to the Bible for answers and affirm answers by reference to the Bible. For example, our interpretation of a prophetic word needs to be in line with Scripture. Old and New Testament Scriptures. We have faith in the self-revelation of God through the whole Bible as one overarching and consistent story. It is the written word of God. It is God's word to us in written form, eternally available and relevant. Our task is to seek the Spirit's help to interpret and apply that word. Fully trustworthy. Our working assumption is not that if it doesn't fit, then the Bible must be wrong. Instead, the Bible is correct, and we must do the work of interpreting and applying it faithfully. In fact, Scripture can help interpret itself as all being God-breathed. Faith and conduct. The doctrine, which means teachings, we mine from the text, is not only about what we believe, but also about how we apply that to live our lives. The first two values that Christchurch has adopted for many years are these. Christchurch seeks to be worshipping and prayerful. That means growing in our experience and understanding of God, eagerly giving ourselves to God through worship and prayer. And second one is biblical. Rooted in the Bible, deeply committed to living out the Bible in everyday life and growing more like Jesus. May we grow in eagerness rootedness, depth of commitment, giving to God, and growth in Christ-likeness. Lord, thank you for your word written. May we be ever faithful to you by making it our supreme authority, above all other influences, where we seek your own word to us. Amen. <laughs>